Hey guys, welcome, welcome back, back to Let's Talk, Talk About It with Ash and Kay. I'm Ash. And I'm Kay. Today we'll be talking about grief. Um, This is not the most fun topic to talk about, but it's definitely one of those conversations that we all need to have, especially in the black community, in the times right now. And before we really get started, we want to say rest in peace to young Dolph. He was shot and killed today in his hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So the reason why we chose this topic today, specifically around this time, is because holidays are coming up. And we know how it is when holidays are coming up and you're missing that one specific family member that makes everyone laugh or just, you know, you miss their presence in the holiday time. So we thought this would be a good topic to get out the way around this holiday time. Yes, and lately I've been seeing people who have lost very close people to them, like their parents, and it just hurts me to see that because I don't know what I would do without mine. And it takes a different type of strength to move on with life without somebody you thought that would always be there. So first, we would like to address the five stages of grief. Ja'Kayla, take it away. Okay, so the five stages of grief is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And usually people start off with the denial because they don't want to believe that the person that's close to them have passed away and then once they finally realize and in reality that the person did pass away i think that's when anger comes about i mean comes about and depression comes about um like me personally i I haven't i wouldn't say i've dealt with grief i haven't dealt with grief in a long time i lost my dad when i was six so i really can't say i went through like the grieving stage because i was only six years old like i remember crying and stuff but like now I'm older, it's not like I actually, looking back, I didn't, like, go through all those, like, stages because I was young. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. all I know is he passed away and I was just sad. Yeah, for me it's different. Uh, For the grief cycle, I think that I went through it in different, it never was in order for me. Recently, I lost my sister, well, my cousin, but she was close to me, like my sister, It'll be one year and on December 15th, and that was probably, like, one of the hardest things that I went through, and I vividly remember that day. So I guess I'm going to try to talk about it, but bear with me because I'm already... But we need this because it is hard to talk about conversations. And she already said it's going to be a hard topic to talk about. So just bear with Ash because this is still fresh. And this is my first time actually hearing, like, the whole thing, the whole rundown of what it, what she went through and everything. So just bear with us. Okay, so boom, y'all. I'm already crying. <laughs> um, I was at home for my first semester of 2020 online. And... She was the only person, my cousin Kia, which is like my sister, so I'll be saying my sister when in this story. She was the first, only person that I really hung out with. We were super close, and she was nine years older than me, so I have to like go back to the backstory. So my family is very, very close, and 
we all grew up together so it was six cousins it was kia erica bryce mac tyler and myself so we all grew up together and you know i'm the baby she's the oldest so everybody kind of branched out no one lived lived in charleston but kia and me so we were always together me her and erica were really close so in december um i didn't even well go back to november november was the last time that i seen her face to face and like well when she went dead but <laughs> november was the last time i seen her she wanted me to make um her some deviled eggs and <laughs> before i left to go to kansas city to spend thanksgiving with my big brother tyler and so i come back home and i guess i just let tom get past and we would text each other in the group chat me her and erica and we um we just didn't know that that was the last time like that if i would have known that was the last time i was gonna see her i would have spent more time with her so december 15th i just remember waking up that morning and i get on snapchat like i'm like one of those people i don't really get out the bed like as soon as i get up so i got on snapchat and my um my cousin told me to call her erica she told me to call her so i called her and when i called facetimed her she just had a baby so anaya was in her lap and smiling but erica was like her eyes were red it looked like she had been crying right and from that moment i knew something was wrong but i didn't think that it was kia i thought that it was somebody else in my family so she was just like how are you doing i was like i'm good like what are you what are you talking about i was like i'm fine and she was like um so you don't know i said no what what are you talking about like i'm not understanding and she was like hold on let me call you back so from that moment my anxiety shot through the roof i still have the video that i sent to one of my friends explaining that something was wrong and i knew it was wrong something was wrong i just didn't know what it is but you could hear my voice starting to shake like in the video in that video like it was like at 10 something in the morning so erica calls me back and she was about to tell me but she didn't because our rtt called her and she was like i gotta get off the phone again so i'm just sitting in the room and some hours go by and i i was like i know something wrong but if it was that big of a deal you know they they would have told me but i know the reason why she didn't tell me is because she knew i couldn't handle it without my mama being there Mm -hmm. so my mama come home and she come in the room hey nicole hey girl i'm like hey like Mm -hmm. i'm waiting for her to tell me and the night before me and my mama we watched a movie and she fell asleep on me and my mama don't never come home early from work. I mean, it was super early. So my mama don't never come home early from work. So I was like, mama, what you doing here? And she said, I'm here to finish the movie with you. I said, no, you ain't. I said, because you know what that happened in that movie. I said, it's not like we haven't watched it before. And I said, mama, I know something is wrong. I said, you don't have to sugarcoat it. I said, you could just tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. And her face dropped. And she was just like you dot. 
so from that moment I just started crying like I am now <laughs> everything went blank for me but the first thing I asked was where were her kids because she left behind three children and my mama told me that um Caden was with his grandma, my T Dorothy, Kia's mom. And Kennedy Kennedy is she doesn't talk, so she's nonverbal, autistic. And I, Kennedy was also with them, but she didn't understand and the baby girl at the time, she had just turned three December ninth. So, um, I go I was like, All right, I gotta get up. I gotta go and be with Kaden. Like that's the only person that I thought about. And I get over there, and as soon as I walked through the door, he started crying, and it broke my heart. Because I'll never know what it's like, you know, to lose a mama, and I'll never want that for him, because he was, I think he like 11. He might have been 10 when it happened, maybe 11. Do not quote me, because I'm not good with age, but I know it's birthday. So, that... It broke my heart, and that day we just, as a family, we all came together. Like, when I say my family's really close, like, everybody called me. I did not know what to do. So that's the first time I dealt with something that bad. And it gets, I hate to say it like this, but it gets worse. Because I literally had to take her spot for her kids. I was dropping them off. I was picking them up. And one time, getting we was preparing for her funeral, and I did her makeup. So my mama kept asking me, are you good to do this? You got this? I was like, yeah, I got it. I prayed. I kept praying the whole day. We did her makeup on, I want to say a Wednesday or a Thursday, a Thursday. We did her makeup on a Thursday, me and Erica. And our other cousin, uh, Mikhail, she got her clothes or whatever. So we did her hair and makeup. And I'm thinking I'm going to go into the funeral home and just cry when I see her. I didn't. I was just like, oh, she's asleep. Like, that's how I looked at it. I was like, oh, she's asleep. She's probably, other than, I really haven't seen too many people in Cassis because I don't do funerals. But she's probably one of the most beautiful people in the world living and dead. I just had to say that because she was just so beautiful. She looked like her, herself. Mm-hmm. So I did her makeup and the, that same day I had to go get the baby girl. And Zaria, she looks like me. She's my twin and I look like her mom. So it was, she looked at me when I went to go pick her up and she was like, you know my mommy. I was like, yeah. I was like, no, I'm, she called me Debo for the weirdest reason. I was like, no, I'm Debo. And she was like, where my mommy? I was like, um, and I couldn't explain it to her. And she, I said, girl, I just left your mama. She was like, you see my mommy? I said, yeah, I just seen your mama. I said, ooh, she's so pretty. She pretty? She pretty? I said, yeah, mommy pretty. She was like, where mommy at? And I said, mommy looking at you right now. And that broke my heart. And girl, I'm crying and driving at the same time. I'm like, Lord, please don't let me wreck this car from driving with this baby in here. Like, you know, just crying and stuff. Yeah. And that was one of the hardest things. But I think it was more hard for me to find out, like, how she died. I'm grateful that she wasn't killed, you know, or had an accident. But how she died. And when 
the it was just that day she had diabetes and she got really sick and so she basically died from a heart attack and she was more scared than anything because her boyfriend Zach which I'm close I was close with I'm still close with him he was just saying how that whole day that she was just so worried about her kid because she I I feel like she kind of knew that it was time for her to go and she was just so scared for what was gonna happen with her kids Mm -hmm. and that hurt the most I lost my sister this is the first time that you know I'm going through like all of this without her and I felt guilty when I came back to school because it was just like I had to pick up her like I had to pick up the pieces of where she left off at and then I just leave and come to school and then I got to finish my life but I felt so guilty I felt selfish for doing it but I know that she would have wanted me to come back and graduate so yeah that's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my life I don't wish this on nobody I sound like a toad that's ready to croak. But I don't wish this on nobody because it's really hard to deal with a death of somebody that you, you know, you're really close to and you truly love. And that it, I feel like I would have been able to handle it if it wasn't so unexpected. Right. And life and God waits for nobody. So if it was her time, it was her time. And I'm just so grateful that she went out doing the best thing that she loved to do is sleep. That was her favorite thing. So she died in her sleep. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm grateful about. Like, she has three beautiful kids that she left behind. I don't, there's not enough words in the book or in the English language to describe the grief that we felt as a family when she died. Like, y'all don't understand. Like, that was the saddest time of my life. And... It was so hard to talk to people about it because, like, I was at home, so my friends in Murray, obviously, they didn't know, and then I didn't really, I don't have too many friends at home, so it was so hard for me to open up to somebody about it because it was like, who do I talk to? Mm -hmm. What do I do? And I just found myself during the week of her death and after I was just in my room doing the same thing. I would be um, just up at night, like, not sleeping, crying. I barely ate. Like, I didn't even know what to do, but I just knew that, like, I had to do everything for her kids. I didn't care about myself at that moment. But it, it's so easy to neglect yourself when you when you are dealing with grief because, you know, you're so worried about, like, what do I do now? How do I move on? I, I've asked myself that plenty of times. And they're, like, my cousin Erica, because, like I said, it was three, it's six of us three boy cousins three girl cousins so we were all close and it's some days where I don't want to say that I forget she's not here but I get so comfortable in my life like and I'm doing this stuff over here in Murray and I go to my phone and I go to call her and then that's when it hit me like I can't call her no more I can't talk to her all I have is pictures I keep all her videos just so I can hear her voice like when I go home, it's depressing because I can't go over there. I can't spend time with my sister. I can't, you know, tell her about the boy problems and all of this. Like, I just, it's not, to me, it's not fair. Life ain't fair. It's not. I just, I never, 
I don't think I would imagine my life like this, but it do make you stronger because when you have a, a good support system, the way that I did with my family, we were all hurting, but you know, like my mama, her sisters, my uncle and all of them, even cousins, they, they came, they were hurting, but they knew that the younger generation, the cousins were hurting a whole lot more than, I wouldn't say a whole lot more than what they were, but it was very evident. Like we was, toe up like my cousin Bryce missed the funeral because you know you can't see stuff like that and I think that's when it hit me like at the funeral that's another story because you know people show out Mm -hmm. but we was at the funeral and me and Erica was well they left me at the casket because I had one up there on my cousin Mikhail and I had to console her so I wasn't really crying I was like is it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and I don't know why I would tell somebody that it's going to be okay when I don't feel okay. So I was like, hold on. Like, they left me. Mikhail walked out, and they left me. And I'm just looking at her. And I didn't even start crying. I was just looking at her. And then Erica comes up, and we was just talking. And I just break down and just cry my little heart out. And Erica was like, stop, you're going to mess up your lashes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care. I'm crying for a good reason. I was like, take these lashes off. I didn't. I really stopped crying because my lashes were going to fall off. Because I could hear Kia right now. Your lashes going to fall. Your lashes going to fall. So, but we just looked at the casket. And all we could say was, and, and then there was two. Because we came in this thing as three. But, you know, we leaving as two. And that's probably... That was the biggest shock of my life because I was eight when I lost my grandma, like one of my grandmas. So I understood what death was, but I didn't understand what grief was. And that's the difference. I You still don't hurt when you have somebody like that dies around you. Like I'm sensitive anyways, and I just don't deal with death correctly. Like I just don't like death. So it hurts me if anybody just dies anyway. But to actually go through the grieving process that's something I've never done before. And you the grieving process never really stops. People don't tell you that. that like the acceptance part, I have accepted that she's gone and she's not coming back. But that doesn't mean because I accepted it doesn't mean that I still can't feel how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like I miss her. It would really be selfish of me to be like, I want her back. She needs to be on this earth. No, God has a purpose. So that was it. You know, that was his timing for her to be home with him. But it's just like, it you, it doesn't get easier for me personally. It doesn't get easier. But I just had to adapt to how my life is. Like, this is the first time that I'm about to be doing Thanksgiving without Kia, Christmas without Kia. Like, these were her favorite holidays. So I have to keep, like, a memory alive of her. Like, that's what really gets me through, like, my days when I feel sad and down. I call my big brother and I call Erica because I'm the type of person I always go to the people who were who went through something with me and who were there because they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I might go to one of my friends and they'll be like, I I'm sorry, but I can't identify with that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. They can console you, but that's just my personal way of dealing with things. I rather go to the ones who were there with me because it just makes the journey so much easier for me because if my TC said, my TC Angela in the moment of her death and just that week, she was just like, we a family. So 
if one pitiful, we all going to be pitiful together. And if one strong, we all going to be strong together. So that's just how I see it. And, I mean, it has been a struggle. I have good days and I have bad days. I've prayed. I would suggest therapy. My godmom is a therapist. I don't go to her. But she has resources that I can use. Um, talking about it helps as well because I don't tell this story at all. Because I don't like to cry. I'm sensitive, but I really don't like to cry. But it's just like I don't need sympathy or anything like that. I just want my story to help somebody else's story. Like somebody else. Yeah. And you also said, like, that you feel like you don't deal with, like, death correctly. But, like, even though I haven't, like, experienced, like, a death recently, I just feel like just seeing others experience stuff, I wouldn't say there is a correct way to deal with death, you know? I think the whole process is ugly and there's no right or wrong way because grief is different for everyone. Some people don't cry at all. Some people have different coping mechanisms, you know? So I don't think that it's not necessarily dealing with death incorrectly. That's just how you go about it and that's just how you can do it in order to, you know, get through her death and be able to go day by day and mm-hmm. still be okay, I guess you could say. But it is important to be there for people. Because um, mostly, like, if I'm, like, grieving, I wouldn't say grieving. I'm, like, there for someone that has, like, lost their death. Like, someone on my track team, he was really close. Javon, if you're listening, if you end up listening to this or whoever knows him, he lost his mother mm-hmm. in, in high school, like, right before his senior year. So I went to her awake and stuff and I was just there for that for him and like going to his house and stuff and just checking on him so I know it's pretty tough and stuff like I lost yeah. my dad and I still like wonder like what if like you know if he mm-hmm. was here how it would be you know or, like my relationship with him now that I'm older but I think it's just an optimistic way to just look at it as like the person now is in heaven and then they're at peace and they're seeing you you know still try to be positive and stuff mm-hmm. so I look at it that way, like, he, he, she sees your accomplishments, like, my dad sees my accomplishments, and how far are you going to go in life? Exactly. Everybody doesn't grieve the same way. Like, me and KB were talking the other day, like, being there for your friend that's grieving, you kind of have to, like, give it some space because yeah. you really don't know. No, like, I'm the person, like, when I'm grieving, I, if I, I really don't know if I let people be there for me, like, friend-wise. Yeah. Because it's just like you need your time. To stay. Yeah, but I'm also my mama's child. Like I want to be with my mama. I want to be with my family. Yeah. And not to say that my friends aren't, but it's just I just feel safer with my family. Mm-hmm. And as a friend who deals with who know, I have friends who have lost people. I just try to be there the best way that I know how. I just grew up in church and praying for people and giving you know giving words of encouragement. It does. You don't have to text your friend every day. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be down their throat worried about it because sometimes people don't even want to think about it. Right. Yeah. I definitely try to give like people space. Like I'll send my condolences, but I can't just like text them every day. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? You know, because then that can definitely be triggering, or they don't want to see that text message every day because mm-hmm. there's probably ten other people texting them the same thing that you're texting them. So I think definitely space and time. And also do things that uh get you, get your friends' minds mm-hmm. off of the situation. Like my friends came for me 
came through for me in the I mean the day that I found out Destin came he was there and from the moment that I seen him I had just got done crying <laughs> and the moment I seen him until the time he left we laughed the whole time I'm like I didn't even think about the situation right. and then when I when he left I cried again he was like you so ugly dude and but he knew that was something that would make me laugh yeah. and then Kai I was we were cleaning her room out Kai literally came and picked me up and was like let's go to Paducah went to Paducah I mean we talked about it in the beginning like and that was that like she was just asking because she knew Kia so it was we were, she was just asking and we went to Paducah. I didn't. I really didn't think about it. I wasn't sad or anything like that. But my best friend Tamaya, she came and checked on me. Those were the people that I texted first and told them because it was just like I didn't want them to find out through Facebook right. or anything like that. And they didn't believe it. Just like I, I believed it. I was like, my mama wouldn't come. And that denial. I don't think I went through the denial phase. But like mm-hmm. my friends was like you lying i said i wish i was i said if you could see how toe up i am right now i said i really wish that i was but having that support system and friends was good for me and even now like my friends here at murray who do know the story they check on me because they do know that some days i have my mom and they'll be like what's wrong and i just and i'll just say her name and they'll be like if there's anything that i can do just let me know and sometimes just being there like you don't have to say anything we could just be in my bed and watching tv you don't have to say nothing but for to know that you're there is perfectly fine with me yeah. but i think it's also good that you like like let yourself have your days and let yourself go through the emotions because yes. some people don't let themselves go through that emotion and just carry all that like burden and weight on them so i think it's good that you talk to people and that you like let yourself cry throughout the day or whatever you need because it is important to let yourself feel how you feel and that's yeah. okay to feel sad. And it's crazy that you say that but because before her death I didn't do that. I would push my feelings away or however I felt I just let it be. Like I wasn't really acknowledging my feelings. Right. So that was the first time in my life where I felt like I really had to acknowledge my feelings and feel how I feel because those feelings are strong. Like I would be it was when I first came back to school and we were I was online for the most part of it but I did have a class in person and out of nowhere I just cried in class and they was like what's wrong what's wrong and I was like I said I just feel sad today I said so this is just how I feel I said if I'm gonna be sad I'm gonna be sad and it's okay to be sad it's okay to not be okay but it's just like I hate to say you have to pick up and move on with life but life doesn't wait for anybody so my just because she passes away and I'm sad and I'm just this pitiful person it doesn't mean that life is gonna stop and wait for me to pick up these pieces when I'm ready so I had to learn like okay I'm gonna have a sad day and where I'm crying but I'm gonna get my stuff done like that's how I kind of just got through it I was like I cry. I don't care. Like now, I don't care where I'm at. If I'm sad, I'm gonna be sad about my sister. That's that's just how it is. Cause nine times out of ten, that's normally what it is. Other than dealing with, you know, just personal issues. Okay, and also this was the very first time that I told that story like this on a platform 
or even to just more like knowing that more people are going to listen to this mm-hmm. so y'all do not beat me up for crying <laughs> this no, is new for me this is new for me i'm not an open person but i feel like that me being this open about this is gonna help, help me and help others as well I don't really set up on no one. I'm like, I'm like fortunate enough to like not to have that experience, but I know one day it's going to come and stuff. Like I know one day that someone, like hopefully not soon at all, but you know, like death is certain. Like everyone's mm-hmm. gonna die. So, um, you know, I just do feel for the people that have experienced that recently or still going through that. I know, like, my brother's best friend in high school, and, like, I don't even remember or I hope and pray that he had, like, the emotional support. Because I was a younger sister, but, like, his best friend had died in his sleep, uh, and they were going to go pick him up for school. And, you know, my brother thinking, he, oh, he broke his leg or something. Like, what did his goofy stuff do? And then found out at school that his own best friend passed away only when he was 16 so like looking back on that and like now that I'm older like I I pray that you know he had that emotional support and he got through with this stuff so yes and if there's anybody out there that's still grieving and you don't know how to handle it find somebody to talk to find an outlet I journal a lot because that's an outlet for me when I feel like I can't go to anybody Mm -hmm. definitely pray because in the time of her death, I was praying with my friend anyways, like just before I knew that that was about to happen. And I was just praying and I prayed for peace. I I kept praying for peace. And I think really God set me up for, I mean, it hurt, but I, I could have lost my mind. I really felt like I was about to lose my mind, but I didn't. And mm-hmm. it was it was situations that were happening throughout that week and the week after that I felt like, I was just like, I should have been doing, like, I should have just been going crazy. And I was like, I really have peace in this whole situation. And it really bothered me. And I was like, I don't know what's what, going why, on. Why am I yeah, I get a prayer life. Even, yeah. I don't, everybody doesn't have to be super religious to pray to God. Yeah, he listens to, to Yes, meditate. If you don't believe in God, pray to, you know, to a higher power. Yeah, Yeah, to whatever you believe in. Not forcing my religion off on anybody. Mm -hmm. I definitely say do therapy because in the black community, we are so comfortable. I don't want to say so comfortable, but we grew up and it's so normalized that we don't talk about our problems and talk about our feelings. And I think that's the thing that holds us back. So definitely definitely get therapy. And if you can't afford therapy... Just try to find someone that you know will be willing and in the right headspace to listen. Because I know sometimes if you're not in college and can't afford therapy, just try to find that 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 um, ear that you know you know that you can talk to or that shoulder you can cry on. So I, yeah, I think journaling and praying or talking out loud or having that one friend or family member that you can talk to can definitely help you through your grieving stages. Like we said earlier, grieving is different in all different aspects of people's lives. So just deal with the grief the best way possible for you. Don't try to go for the negative coping mechanisms like mm-hmm. drinking or smoking or going down the wrong path because you're grieving. Try to swift yourself to, like, the positive path of grieving and not the negative path. Yes, and as we approach these holidays, yes. we send our condolences to anybody who has lost someone mm-hmm. And we pray that you all 
get through it the best way that you know how. And that is all that we have for today. Yes. Thank you for re- listening. Yes, guys. Just try to, like, think about the positive things or the good things they had while they were down at this earth during the holidays. And just yeah. try to remember them and the positive memories. So, thank you guys for lis- listening. I won't cry next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope y'all have a good holiday. I know Thanksgiving's coming up next week, so that's something to look yes, forward to. I'm going to come back thick. Yes, and just be with <laughs> your family and stuff. So, just enjoy your holidays. And like we said, um, condolences to anyone who has lost, lost any family members or friends. Yes, stay warm. Thank you. Bye. Bye.